0: i become a crone. Oh, congrats. I've, be- I've morphed into my true nature of crone.
1: What was in that potion?
0: Welcome to Tarts and Crone. <laughs> <laughs> Please
1: still trust us.
0: Welcome back. Hi, it's me, Rachel.
1: And it's me, Melanie. We're
0: back, guys. Hello, oh. we missed you.
1: Yeah, we missed you. Mm-hmm. I missed doing this. We took a little break. We did. Life got crazy. Life got
0: wackadoo.
1: Whack-a-do.
0: Absolutely. Summer's often our times of, of, of wackiness.
1: It's true. But it's a good time for wackiness because I don't have the seasonal depression in the summer.
0: Oh, my God. That's a good point. So I bring on. I didn't even on. think about that. Yeah. Bring it on, b- world of bitch.
1: Yeah, I'll just go to bitch Bellwoods world. after. Oh, my
0: God. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That's so dark, given what we're talking about today. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, oh, God. God. Uh, so we just have so many updates. We want to chat. I want to chat to Melanie. You guys can listen. Whatever. We're chill. Yeah. About it. Um, how? Where do we even start?
1: Where do we begin? Where do we
0: begin? Should we start with last night and move back? Should we start with all the way back and move forward?
1: Ooh, let's start with last night and move back because you told me you were excited to tell me something to do weird with tarot cards. I had
0: a weird night, man. Yeah. My back's messed up. I thought, oh, I'm going to do a quick comedy show, then go to bed early, totally sober. Yeah. And then have a nice time. Comedy show gave me one glass of wine, which led to me being out until three in the morning with two other comics high off so much (laughs) marijuana I'm marijuana, um, which is legal in this country. Um, (laughs) And the um, (laughs) the lovely uh, Toronto based comedian Tamara Chavon. Who recruited me and another lovely comedian, Dan Curtis Thompson? I'm plugging both of them. Look at both their stuff. They're both amazing oh, comics.
1: they're and wonderful people. Wonderful people.
0: Yeah. And Tamara's like, we're we're reading. I'm br- I'm bringing you two to my to my den, and we are reading your tarot. Amazing. Now I didn't know Tamara. Not only Tamara's a straight shooter. She yeah. um she is a no nonsense. Oh, absolutely. Tell you like it is kind of kind of lady. Um, so, and I'm already. I've, and I've mentioned this before. I'm a big fan of tarot, but I'm very skeptical of tarot. I never have any idea how to feel about it. I really love tarot. I love it, and I love the process of it, and I love the insight into it. But it's had... I'm it's, it, I, I, I'm torn. I'm constantly torn. Yeah. Because I go back and forth thinking, like, well, this wasn't accurate, but it's a three- to six-month window. Well, isn't that convenient? Like, it's, it's yes. just that whole
1: thing. And that's totally fair. And um, I'll say I've had a couple... Tarot readings recently, where it was more uh, like with Riz, and I also saw a wonderful woman, uh, Danny Heb, I believe mm-hmm. she goes by. Um, I'll uh, I'll plug her. Uh, uh, here's a little moment where I'm gonna plug in that information. You can find Danny at Rain Gatherer Tarot on Facebook. That's Rain Gatherer Tarot on Facebook. Look her up; she's great. Okay, <laughs> and I've done that.
0: Moment of silence.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so um. I've seen both of them, mm-hmm. and neither of them claim to be like, "Ooh, I'm gonna n- tell your future." Like they're both more like, "Let's use these cards as a guide."
0: Tarot cards, tarot cards. Tarot readers often do that.
1: Yes, I found. and the tarot readers I grew up going to see were more like, "I'm a psychic, and these tarot cards kind of like." help me visualize what I'm going to tell you, but this is coming straight from your spirit guides and all kinds of ghosts and shit. So I'm used to That's seeing... That's very interesting. Yeah, and I don't know if it's because Winnipeg is spookier inherently than Toronto. You've heard it
0: here first. Winnipeg is inherently spookier.
1: It is It is known as the most haunted place in Canada. Excuse me, what? Yeah. Why? Um, They used to do a lot of those like parlor seances back in the day were done Shut in Winnipeg. Shut the fuck up. Are you yeah. serious? Yeah. Like
0: Alias Grace? Alien. That's an that's a fun little um literary <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, I can't I can't think of Oh my god, this is still from the weed yesterday. Who wrote Handmaid's Tale?
1: Oh, geez. Uh, Margaret Atwood.
0: All my brain was saying was (laughs) Agatha Christie. I'm like, that's not right.
1: And the twist at the end of the headband stand is that it was the
0: patriarchy the whole time. I'm literally 78 years old now. No,
1: I understand. I've had a lot of sleepless nights lately. Last night I was playing Scrabble and I kept putting down words and going, wait, that's not a word. And it was very (laughs) much a word.
0: Oh my God! Were we playing that with Kyle? Yeah, that's so cute. <laughs> He's like, "No, Melanie, that's not a word." <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm positive.
1: <laughs> or I put down lose, and I was like, "Wait, that's not a word." And then I was like, "Wait, it, it's a whole big thing." Oh
0: God! That, um, <laughs> what what patience?
1: But Winnipeg, yes. Uh, shout out to Kyle first. Shout out
0: to Kyle.
1: <laughs> but. Um, Yeah, Winnipeg is full of a lot of people who kind of do mediumship, which is more talking to ghosts and and goblins. (laughs) Which, um,
0: weirdly enough, I'm somehow less skeptical of than this.
1: And then they use the tarot cards as a rough guide. And what's funny is I I have loved the tarot readings I've gotten in Toronto from these two wonderful people. But I am more skeptical of just putting it on the cards because I'm like, well, what do they know? The, yeah. Tell tell me a vision
0: you're Exa- having That's so funny <laughs> like, This is bullshit art projects I want to know about the shit going on in your brain yeah, Are there any to. ghosts
1: talking to you right <laughs> now? What are they saying?
0: <laughs> what are these physical cards? Is there any little girl ghosts talking to your head right now? That's so funny that that's where you like put your trust <laughs> Yeah, and it's
1: funny because both readings have been wonderful And I have no reason to doubt uh, Their um, professionalism in this craft but it's funny that i need the little bit of oh ew. Of like
0: ooh, there's something unexplainable. Yeah. yeah that's very interesting so i would actually see i don't know i would i would think i would recommend getting tamara to read your cards okay is tamara it, i don't know and this is also she got me stoned before this happened <laughs> she got me stoned before we did this See, neither of my readers did that. And she, yeah. I honestly don't know if I'd recommend it. Truly don't know. Because yeah. I was, quite frankly, lost. Especially since she had already criticized me <laughs> based on my horoscopes. Oh. And based on um, a couple of the initial cards that I don't listen.
1: Oh. And that I'm bad at listening. Okay, And that's
0: something that I'm actually a little bit self-conscious about. So I started deflecting. I'm like, fuck you, the cards are wrong. So
1: you stopped listening. So I literally
0: (laughs) stopped listening to her.
1: In defense of... In defense
0: of my own fucking ego. Yeah. uh, So whether the cards were right or not, I don't know. But it showed me something very real about myself that I don't necessarily like.
1: No, yeah. Tamara does that with or without cards.
0: Um, yeah, she does. There was a time I was having a... She'll just roast you.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. But in a
0: very... In a, good, in a good, constructive way.
1: Yes. And, um, you know, this isn't off-topic because we're going to be talking about grief. And one thing that annoys the heck out of me with grief is that no one's a straight shooter about it. Everyone's like, oh, ooh, passed it's... away. Like, no one wants to say dead. It's or...
0: very delicate. It's very it's delicate. Very, like, um... It's very word heavy and a little bit superficial.
1: And you're supposed to like, oh, I'm going to look down into the side and like no one's direct about it. And Tamara Siobhan, one time I was having an argument with Kyle and I was telling her about it and she was like, yeah, have you read uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People? And I was like. No.
0: no. and she, I'm, not a mid, I'm not a white man. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a
1: middle-aged white man. But neither is Tamara Siobhan, very much Actually, not.
0: But she has middle-aged white man energy. She's got big dick energy.
1: How did she get How that? How did she
0: get that? I want that.
1: But she was like, yeah, so you're arguing wrong because you're trying to get him to understand you But she's like, the first thing you have to do in an argument is seek to understand the other person's side. And then you can... And that's very hard for me because all I want is for people to understand where I'm coming from. That's so true.
0: And if even for
1: a second I can't explain myself, I start to get very anxious.
0: That's so funny. And then... Oh, that's so interesting that you say that because about me... She said, just to make this about me again, but no, to, to relate, <laughs> honestly, to relate to your, t- to your point. Because she said something about how, like, she's like, do you get in arguments a lot? And, I'm like, I ne- the, like tarot cards are wrong. Never. I never argue with yeah. people because I always back away before it turns into an argument.
1: I would say I'm s- similar, yeah.
0: Exactly. So we're not very argumentative people. We want to, like, kind of keep the peace. Yeah. But then she's like so it's not necessarily how you're arguing out loud it's how you argue inside which is that you still hold on to something that person said you don't verbalize why it bothered you you hold it inside and then you deflect it onto them and it it, it bleeds out in a later time Ooh, and i'm like i and (laughs) and then i got angry at her for not listening (laughs) because i wasn't fucking listening that's Um, so funny so that's so interesting but i want to i want to go back to this to this uh uh, well, I guess maybe I should talk about the, the rest of the tarot and then we'll go back to what you said. Um, that might have been the only one to say. I'm sorry, I'm giving you so much to edit. <laughs> no, that's okay.
1: It's our first one back. It's the
0: first one back. We're clunking around. Um, but yeah, so the tarot reading was bizarre because you were with me when Monica drew our tarot. Yeah. That's going to be one of our other episodes when we interview Monica. You're going to love it. Um, but Monica drew our tarot and it was work related. If you remember, mine was work-related. And so then I sat down in front of Tamara, and she's like, are you thinking of a question? And I'm like, yeah, maybe. I was kind of flip-flopping. It was like, do I ask about my love life, or do I ask about my job? (laughs) (laughs) Just, I could not decide. Love and money. Exactly. So I'm just like, I'll just kind of think about both, and I'm a little stoned, so let's just see what happens. Um, I'm miming, mushing Mm. cards together, (laughs) for those of you who can't see. And the cards did career stuff by itself. And the whole, but here's the thing. She's like, you picked all career ones and none of this has to do with your love life. And in my head, I said, no, this is, this must be all love related. It's just wrong. (laughs) Which means I didn't fucking listen again. That's
1: so funny. So
0: now I don't know what to feel about anything. The, her, her It's Tamara. She's amazing. Her explanations of everything, I'm like, well, isn't that convenient for the tarot to be right? <laughs> but then I'm also like, well, shit, the tarot was kind of right. So I i don't know. I guess I'm just as lost as I started. But I thought you should know that.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you told me that. That actually gave me a flashback to um, back in the day when I used to get my first tarot card readings were at this place in... Uh, in Winnipeg, and Osborne Village, hey, uh, called <laughs>
0: calling out <Aaron> Osborne, <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> called
1: uh, love it the Tea Cozy, and it oh, was that's adorable. It was so cute. It's closed now, but it was this like cozy tea spot it's it's a very appropriate name Mm -hmm. where you would sit in these like cute little round tables and and have tea and I loved going there and they had tarot readers so since I was a kid me and my mom would go down there and get our tarot read and that's
0: so cute it is
1: very sweet and adorable um paint a picture of me right (laughs) now my life very cute uh, <laughs> very, very End like I was gonna say Norman Rockwell, but I was like, there wouldn't be tarot cards in Honestly, a
0: Norman... that would be sick if Norman Rockwell took like a brief stint into like witchcraft <laughs> Spooky and the outposts. <laughs> <laughs> like, what if right before Norman Rockwell died, he's like, there's a ghost in every painting, and then he just dies? <laughs> what <laughs> is he alive? He's not uh, alive. No, no he way. can't be no alive. He alive. I'm gonna mm. look at him. Yeah, but keep talking. You went um, to tarot,
1: so we would get tarot readings, and since I was a kid. I just wanted to fall in love and have a boyfriend Aww. like all the time cuz I well, watched That makes
0: sense cuz that's what we're told as women. No, yes. Sorry, and, but it's also it's nice to be in love. So
1: and yeah. I liked, you know, Disney movies and things of that nature. And also
0: being in love is nice, that's fine.
1: Yeah, but I would always be like, "All right, I'm I'm 11. <laughs> this ready is ready for love. <laughs> <laughs> this this tarot reading's going to be and the tarot reader would always inevitably be like, "You really need to concentrate more in school." And I'd be like, "Don't <laughs>
0: you what about my husband (laughs) Um, norman rockwell is dead okay which makes sense he died in the 70s good (laughs) you were sick.
1: um yeah but it was it's funny that the tarot cards the tarot cards would often rather talk about you than other people and love is often other people so unless... That's,
0: that's interesting. Yeah. I want to hold on to that for later because that's a good yeah. sentence. The tarot wants to talk about you rather than others.
1: So it's like, okay, if you are... Maybe there's a challenge you're having with love that's keeping you like maybe you're not being your most authentic self or something then tarot will talk about love but for Mm -hmm. the most part it's like okay yeah yeah i get it you're kind of confused about your boyfriend but um let's (laughs) let's get your bank account like on track
0: (laughs) just put that on the back burner for a sec because you have life stuff to deal with (laughs) (laughs) yeah Oh, God. That's so interesting. I love this image of 11-year-old Melanie being like, I'm ready for love. And they're like, fucking study. (laughs) Yeah,
1: which was. (laughs) Go
0: to school. You're a child.
1: (laughs) Which was fair because I ended up going to summer school twice for math. Oh,
0: my God. Oi, Melanie. (laughs) No child should have to be in summer school. And no
1: actually, it wasn't terrible because the math in scum, some the math and summer sum, school, mm-hmm. the math and summer school is a lot easier than the math in school school. So I always felt like a well, genius. That's great. Yeah. That's,
0: well, that's good. I mean, all schooling should make you feel good. I don't know.
1: And that's what we're here to talk
0: about today. The education system. <laughs> yes. That <laughs> neither of us used apparently.
1: <laughs> um. Okay. So, today...
0: Let's dive into the, the updates of your summer. So, Melanie. Yes. Yes. All right. So,
1: um, I had a bit of a stressful summer. Um, <laughs> again, this is me sugarcoating. I was going to say. From, like, want- <laughs> people sugarcoat you things. You want to
0: look down into the corner, sadly. <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: but basically, yeah. So, my mother passed away over the summer. Uh, it was very unexpected. It was something that kind of happened all at once. Uh, we did... She was... She was in the—people uh, always want to know how it happened, and they don't want to ask. So I'll say that um, she she was in the hospital for unrelated reasons. It was like a, a flu or something, inflammatory thing, and we were like, eh, whatever. And then she came home, and but she was staying with my sister because she didn't have her strength up yet. And then when she— was with my sister. She had a stroke and had to go to the hospital. And they oh. got her there immediately. And it was, uh, they did everything exactly as you should. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to put that out there because there's always people that want to find something to blame. Like, had she only gotten there quicker? No, but they did everything exactly as they mechanism. should. Yeah. So, uh, and then she. Like I guess you would, in retrospect, you would call it a waking coma. She was in for like a couple days, and then my sister called me, and she was like, "You got to get down here." Because originally we thought, "Oh, she's gonna recover from this stroke. She's right. gonna have, we'll we'll see how much brain damage there is. We'll work through it." And I was like, "Well, I'm not gonna come home to Winnipeg while she's in that state, because mm. that's gonna be stressful." Of course. So, uh, and she hasn't seen me in a bit. So I don't want to stress her out by being there when she can't communicate with me. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I won't go. And then my sister called me and she was like, you got to come down here. Um, She has lost all the brain activity on her left side. And there was swelling in her right side of her brain that was uh, basically killing off like or no the swelling from the left side was killing off the right side of the brain so it's so fast yes yeah, so fast and crazy and um what's interesting about it is that we found out afterward that she had a blockage in one of the arteries that leads up to her brain and that was unrelated to the pain that she was having but so this stroke was basically a ticking time bomb so Oof. if she hadn't have been in the hospital with these pain issues, and then at my sister's place, she could have been anywhere. She could have been just, like, out doing the things she did. Like, she was a very active uh, part of the community. So I'm kind of like, well... Like, in terms of death and dying and your parents dying, it's a very scary thing to think about in theory. And you're always Mm. like, how's it going to go down? And now... I get to know how it happened because it did happen and it kind of I mean she died very young is the only regret she was 68 so I wish she'd had more time but it's also like okay so you were with someone you love you were comfortable someone was taking care of you they got you to the hospital right away you weren't like alone in your apartment or something having a stroke not knowing what was happening um and When I got out there, I have a friend who has a spare room in her place, and she was like, absolutely, come stay with me. And they live in this beautiful neighborhood full of, like, trees and flowers and plants. And I was like, okay, a lot of people, um, and this isn't to diminish my own experience, but a lot of people experience a lot more trauma and a lot more difficulty with this kind of thing. But I was like, I'm kind of being taken care of, and I think it all went pretty smoothly as far as these things go it wasn't like this long arduous which she would have hated Mm. like when it's like oh you better oh wait no no you're sick again oh no no like she would have uh, she was very um very much a control freak and very much like i she wouldn't drink she wouldn't get high because she was like i gotta i gotta be in control so the idea of like wheeling her around and teaching her how to literally how to speak again post stroke i'm like I don't know if she would have enjoyed that or been up for it, really. Of course.
0: And the stories you told me about her, she seemed so, like, active and buzzing. Yeah. That I, I, it, it does sound like it would have been something that frustrated her.
1: Yeah, and it's like, well, would I have wanted her last years to be incredibly frustrating for her. So I'm kind of, like, in a place where it's interesting because, of course, I have my moments where it's very sad, but it's interesting going through grief as a person who's both pragmatic and spiritual at the same time because it's like you know I can honor her beautiful life and have all these spiritual moments but I'm also like yeah um I knew that was going to happen one day and it happened and it's very sad but I'm grateful that I had the support that I did and that she didn't suffer Mm -hmm. and um it's and people when they talk to me about it, like I recently I did a show at Comedy Bar where I told a bunch of jokes about it, which was actually really fun. Oh,
0: that's therapeutic. That's yeah. great. Yeah.
1: And it was like it was cool and like um people I was like, yeah, I, I kind of wrote some some jokes about my recent experience. And, and people were really looking at me like, oh, wow, wow, you're going to... Uh, and I was She's like,
0: going to do that?
1: Yeah, and they were looking at me like they were expecting me to be so fragile. And I was like, no, if that's the state I was in, I wouldn't be doing yeah. this. So I find people around death so funny. And I have so many amazing friends who've been great and just like, hey, I'll take you for ice cream or whatever. Yeah. And if I feel like talking about it, I can. And if not, whatever. Um, but there's people who like project things onto you and how you're feeling. And I'm like, no, I just very casually told you that I wrote some jokes about my dead mom and that I'm interested to tell them (laughs) tonight. And you're like, oh. Is someone watching uh, her?
0: Yeah. Is she going to cry?
1: And it's like, like, well, maybe, but but crying is also natural.
0: Yeah. And you should be fine with that as a viewer. I just preempted you about what I'm about to talk about.
1: Yeah. And it's like, it's so, it's been very interesting observing grief in my own way because there's so many people who set you up for grief in such a way where they're like, it's sad and it's sad and you wake up sad and you go to bed sad. And I'm like, um, yes, okay, there's a sadness that's there. But I also like, Got to be in Winnipeg for three weeks with no responsibilities. No one expected anything of me. My friends were like, what do you you want to dinner? Do you want to go to the beach? And I was like, this is fantastic. I have time to like, I get to see all my friends. I don't have to work right now. No one, yeah, no one expects anything of me. And I kind of honored that time to really just, um, Feel everything I wanted to feel and appreciate how many people were there for me yeah. and not see it as like I am sh- like there's still sad moments, but it's so funny how many people just reduce it to like sad and that's it. I'm like, oh, well, that would almost be easier because that would be very simple. That's but
0: so interesting. Yeah.
1: Grief is very nuanced.
0: Yeah. And it's got levels to it. There's aspects of relief. There's aspects of happiness. There's aspects. Yeah. Of, and it's all it's all in in the weird package of grief and mourning, and it doesn't—it it doesn't sound like you compartmentalized it in any way or put it off from feeling. It sounds like you mourned in properly. As yeah, if there was a proper way, but I mean, it, it sounds like you took the time to feel. Yeah, I totally.
1: And uh, and there are times when I'm like, oh, I'm about to feel something, and I make space for that feeling, and it's um, yeah, I've been. I was glad we didn't do a funeral because I don't want to watch. I don't want to be responsible for other people's reactions to something that I'm currently reacting to. Like we did a Mm. lunch and I chatted to people who uh, my mom meant a lot to and they and they cried and it was very therapeutic and it was very nice to have those chats. Right. But. Um, It was nice to have those chats in an informal way because I don't want some, like, church or wherever to tell me, like, now's the part where we do this. And I'm like, it's not – like, it's not – there's no form to this. Uh, I'm going to probably suddenly get super upset about it five years from now and, like, maybe forget about it for a bit and then come back to it. And then, like, it's so – I just think we reduce – when I've seen it in the movies or – when other people talk about it, we reduce it to this one thing, uh, that oh, it's sad when people die. And I'm like, well, yeah, but um, you're also gonna have some laughs with some friends, and and uh, and you're you're gonna do all manner of things. So I've been really curious about like the uh, organized religions view of death is very prescriptive and very like, now is when we do this, and then this, and then this. Uh, but I'm like, what do you do when you're spiritual in a less regimented way?
0: I love that. I really do. And I think it's, I've always had a fascination with how different organized religions, but my I, my favorite two to look at in terms of organized religions, how they treat death and how they treat weddings. Yes. I, think that's, I think that's super, super interesting. And um, yeah, I think, I think you did it beautifully in the sense that you have this kind of pragmatic spiritualism. I think, I think you should start to coin that. I think I like, <laughs> prag- I like pragmatic spiritualism, but, um, you have this spiritualist, spiritual side you want to honor. Um, but without necessarily doing it in this like strictly regimented kind of. Uh, Judeo Christian kind of way of, and now we'll read this passage that has nothing to do with your mom. Like, yeah,
1: <laughs> it seems
0: very weird and stunted and stiff. Yes, uh, the one thing I do, I mean, uh, actually, I I like multiple things about my my Judaism, but I I do I really like, especially I mean, and I am uh, conservative. My my family's conservative Jewish, which uh, if you're not Jewish, look up what conservative Jew, it's not what conservative means, something different in the real world. <laughs> but, um, it's not the same thing. But um, my, my family is conservative Jew. So in terms of that sect of religion and death, it's really interesting. I've always found that growing up, whenever we went to Shiva's, which is in Judaism where someone dies, you go to the house afterwards for like a week and no. everyone gathers from certain times at the morning family's house and brings food and does, um, sometimes prayers and a, and a minion, but, um, a lot of food, a lot of talking. And it's so funny because growing up and it's, and into my adulthood still now, um, I've always, I can, whenever I think of a Shiva or a few fu- or a Jewish funeral, there's always some moment of laughter.
1: Yes, There's always
0: room for laughing. And I have laughed so hard at Chivas for my friends' parents, for my friends' grandparents, for my grandparents. It's very weird. It's a weird place, and it's it's. I think it's. There's something very purging about being open to the 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 moments that are not just this is sad.
1: Yes, absolutely. And, I think and you're I think, doing that. Yeah, and and uh, death is, is inherently funny because it's absurd. Like it's we hilarious. all.
0: hilarious. We all have What's so many ideas.
1: Like, it's going to happen to all of us, but we all have so many ideas about what does that mean. And we're all probably the most delicate about it, despite the fact that it's not a secret. It's going to happen to all of us. And uh, I should say... Um, there was a rabbi present at my mom's uh at my mom's bedside. No way! Yes, I'll tell you. Uh, my sister has well, my whole family has very eclectic spirituality. So my sister kind of called called everyone in. Um, I wasn't there for this, but there was uh there was an elder because we do have Métis in our background, and my sister knows more about that than I do. And I'm uh, that can be a whole other episode. Hell yeah! Um, that I'm trying. talk about that looking to embrace this side of myself, but she she had an elder come in and have my mothers uh, get my mom's spirit name and do blessing and ritual. Oh, so cool. Yeah. And I wasn't there, but apparently it was very cool. <laughs> and then uh, when I arrived, so my sister is, um, she's converting to reform Judaism, which is very like...
0: Because I, t- I, I was going to say, I the minute you said your sister, I was like, I think I heard this story of yeah. your sister finding a fascination with Judaism. Oh, we've we all
1: that. yeah it's interesting we've all grown up in my family with a fas- with a fascination uh with Judaism which is interesting uh, and my sister was like finally I'm going to lean into this so she's reform which is like it's your thing do what you want to do style yep. Judaism reform
0: reform <coughs> is one level below conservative so, so. conservative is more like no nah, we're Jews and then reform's <laughs> like What's the Jew? What's a Jew? (laughs) Let's talk about it. Who is a Jew? What do you say? say, It's more it's more strict than that. But
1: But there's yeah, there's a room for interpretation. Oh, totally.
0: Absolutely. They were the first ones to be like, women can be rabbis. There's let's put music in the synagogue like they They're the they're the liberal hippies.
1: So I guess if you grew up more uh, Christian Catholicism, it would be like the United Church, where it's like
0: yes, we're just a, a bunch really, of hippies who want to believe something. Exactly. <laughs> oh God, if there's a Reformed Jew listening, they're gonna be <laughs> but, um, that's a that's a good analogy. It's it is. I've seen ties between the United Church. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it's but it's still very much taken seriously. And there was a oh, uh, there was a really nice rabbi there when my mom passed away. So I was there, and my sister was there, and uh, our uncle and a cousin and a bunch of people were there in the room and um, this rabbi, Rabbi Finkel was very nice. And he Of course his name is, of his course, name is Rabbi right? Finkel, yeah. And uh, he read this prayer, but it didn't feel like this super formal like, this has nothing to do with your mom prayer, as you said. It was very cool. I need to find this reading. Um, it was, he basically the the core of it was um, please accept I can, it was from the perspective of the of the dying or dead person and it was like please accept that I can no longer find joy in this body this body once gave me great joy but I can't um, I can't live in this body anymore and it was a very pretty, nice, but also very pragmatic goodbye kind of thing and um, I have his email address so That's I can send so- him
0: no, that's interesting. I want to know. That's a beautiful, beautiful passage. I'm looking up if it's... Shut up. <laughs> I'm looking up if it's the Mourner's Kaddish. Because mm. I, I know the Mourner's Kaddish off by heart um, in Hebrew, because we were taught it like 10 billion times. But I, it's so funny. I've been saying it, a it million for a million years. I don't actually don't know the word for words of what the Mourner's Kaddish means. So I'm looking it up right now.
1: It's a it was a very informal thing. So I don't know if it's
0: it's not this one. Yeah. <laughs> but it was a. Oh well, that was that was useless. But we do say the more Scottish. Um that's a beautiful reading. I really want to find out what that is.
1: Yeah, I wanna find the exact words and afterward I was like, I want that reading and my sister gave me his email, but then I yeah, I was like, Okay. And yeah, we'll find
0: it. We'll up, yeah, we'll email them for the podcast. Yeah.
1: So um so it was cool and I like See, this is the thing with me. Like, I like having reverence and taking time and going, yes, this happened and it's important. I feel the way about death that I feel about New Year's Eve. I don't like when people on New Year's Eve are like, oh, my God, it's the biggest deal ever. I'm like, well, it's, it's not the you biggest don't like deal when ever. You like people
0: inflict too much meaning onto it. It's
1: Because it's not. But I do want to mark the occasion, of course. Right
0: there, There is inherent meaning into it. It just doesn't have to be... Um textbook sparklers
1: yes yes so you can you should do what feels natural within it and um and yeah i uh i do have uh my sister's going to send me some of her ashes so i'll probably do a witchy ritual with letting those go oh, really um, yes do you think
0: you're gonna keep them or
1: no i think i'm gonna scatter them
0: awesome do you know where
1: uh, probably either in High Park or by the beach by my house. I was
0: going to say, because Melanie lives... Here's her address. Um, <laughs> you no, know, because uh, you live by the water. Which yes. Is, which seems always so, um... I don't know. I, I've never I've never dealt with ashes before unless it was my pet. That's depressing. But, <laughs> you know, it's also... No, it's not because it's part of life. It but, um it happens. It happens. But I, I always felt that if I were to ever deal with the ashes of a loved one, I'd want to put it somewhere in water.
1: Yeah. And we did... Um, it's like a
0: nice place to put people at peace.
1: Yes. Absolutely. Oh, and we did... Uh, we had... We had our own little rituals. There was... Um, my sister had this salt that you're supposed to release symbolically before we had the ashes. Cool. And And um, we found... We were going for a walk and we found this church we used to go for a walk by when I, when I was a kid in our old neighborhood that... There was this statue of Mary with a little goldfish pond under it. And apparently as a kid, I used to call her Mary of the Goldfish. So we let her that go is in there.
0: So su- every single story I know about you of like being young is adorable. Right? You were the sweetest child. Uh, the sweetest, oh sweetest baby angel. Sweetest baby Oh, and
1: by the way, the goldfish weren't there anymore, so the salt was okay. <laughs> um.
0: <laughs> so again, that was like, and all the goldfish are dead, so don't worry about. it.
1: And I killed the goldfish. And I killed the goldfish symbolically.
0: With my hands. Oh, <laughs> oh Jesus!
1: I um, <laughs>
0: ritual sacrificed goldfish. Um, yes, that so, sounds. Wow, I, I didn't. I'm so glad that you yeah, I so glad that you guys covered all the bases. But it's also more it's it's more that like whenever I hear about you and your sister and your mom, your your family, you guys have such a rich um understanding of different spiritual structures and different religion and different avenues of dealing with like you just all of you are so knowledgeable on different aspects of that and and from different cultures and from different religions and from different everything that i love that you honored that in some way by by using pieces of yourselves to dictate how you want to deal with this death yeah and that's beautiful i'm so glad you honored that
1: Yes, and I always I'm always like well, I don't know too much because my sister is like the researcher the one who like knows. You always say that, but you really do. Nah. We
0: always say it's your sister because she's the one who's like becoming. A and Jewish she also she is
1: but... very like textbook like she can recite facts, and I'm more like I kind of get what things are about emotionally and yeah. spiritually.
0: <laughs> I'm more in tune with people.
1: <laughs>
0: no, that's um, you are too.
1: Okay. So I so I was like, how does because I still haven't done uh, I'm going to wait for the ashes and I'm also waiting for fall. Mm -hmm. It feels like the appropriate time. How does a witch mourn how? And you know what? Even though I'm like, "Ah, I don't want it to be this regimented thing. I'm getting frustrated by how open to interpretation which craft mourning is. Okay, I'm like, is there no ritual? Is there no specific thing?
0: But it's also if you remember when we talked to Monica, mm-hmm. she said that about everything. Yeah. There's no instruction on how to become a witch. Yeah, there's which is effing ugh. none, and in some capacity that's great. But when you're running a podcast about this shit, it's a little frustrating.
1: Yeah, and when you just went through something where maybe your brain isn't at max capacity, you're like, can you just give me like? But it's so funny because I rebel against a blueprint, but I grew up with blueprints my whole life.
0: And I th- yeah, yeah. I think and I think there's room for both. I then I don't mean to bring, keep bringing it back to Judaism, but um, this is what I know. But um. That's a huge thing in Judaism of the, like, give you the, give you so much structure for this time. For the mm-hmm. first, like, month after somebody dies, it gives you so much structure of what to do. And then it's kind of like, depending on how religious you are, you can pick and choose what, how you want to kind of do that. But it's that thing of, like, well, my brain is working at low capacity, and I just kind of want to know basics of how to feel catharsis.
1: Yeah, and you kind of you want some guidance through that because, I'm always like, oh, I'm not like I I have had moments of very big feeling, but I like I said, I was also able to enjoy my friends' company and go out and do all these things, right? And I was like, am I in denial? Is that what this is like? What and no, like not at all. But you kind of want. I think what the ritual does for you is to go, okay, I've I've done that, so I'm not in denial because I followed the steps
0: right and that's see that's so interesting it's a a kind of um it's comforting to you to know that like no i did the i did something Mm -hmm. to show that i was honoring this with time and effort yes yeah yeah i got it but yeah i i I loved that you brought that up of how do witches and i even thought even pagans
1: yes deal with
0: death and it's super interesting and i i found a lot of the same of the like of what I already suspected, which is that there is connection to life after death. There's connection to spirits Mm -hmm. and connection to um, the spirit of your lost one in the afterlife. So there's, there's, that's, that's a pretty um, thorough line in terms of witchcraft and pagans and death.
1: I also read that there's, there's different of ideas of reincarnation, depending pagan uh, Wicca, depending on which one, or witchcraft in general. Mm -hmm. Um, But there is this idea of reincarnation that you kind of evolve as you grow. So each time you come back to Earth, you go through a different experience. So it's kind of like this university style, like you're going to major in this, and then you're going (laughs) to... And I found that interesting.
0: That is interesting.
1: And we did, uh, years ago, my mom and I saw a medium who told us? Her name was Colette, and she told us each that it was our last lifetime on Earth. She was like, "You've had other lifetimes, but you're finished with it." Whoa! Yeah.
0: I always liked that. There. Mm-hmm. Never, I've never heard a medium with an uncool name. You never hear a medium whose name is like Pam.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right. Actually, I used to see a psychic called Pam. I don't
0: know. What? Well, fuck was a me. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Guess I'm not cool. Oh well.
1: Um. Yeah. I but like she that. was more into. Uh, Mm, I don't remember what to call it. We'll talk about it another time. We'll talk about Pam another time,
0: okay? Pam, Pam's <laughs> got her own episode. It's fine. <laughs> She's fine.
1: Um. So there's the idea of reincarnation. There's the idea. Um. I think it's in Wicca specifically of the Summerlands. Did you come across that?
0: No. What are the Summerlands?
1: The Summerlands uh, are mistakenly thought of as the afterlife, but they're let. They're more like. Oh, what was that? <laughs> that bar uh, in the small town that was the Irish afterlife place?
0: Oh, my God. Um, Kiernanog. uh, Kiernanog. (laughs) Yes. I was like, fuck, where did I get drunk and do karaoke? Um,
1: (laughs) Uh, So there's this idea of Ciernanog and and very similar to the Summerlands where it's like, it's another plane of existence. Like, it's like a world within this world that we can't see, a land of eternal youth. Right.
0: Um, Oh, I like that.
1: Yeah. So it's, I don't know if there's a step past the Summerlands or...
0: Tiernanog. Tyr- no, Tirnanog. Tiernanog.
1: Tiernanog. Um. So,
0: old Irish pub in Kingston, Ontario. Nice. All right. Sorry.
1: <laughs> and we are going to do our first live episode there. We, and
0: we will be there.
1: <laughs> but uh, yeah, the Summerlands is a similar concept of uh, another plane of existence.
0: I like that. That reminds me of um. <laughs> that reminds me of an aspect of D and D. Oh well, we'll keep it there. But, um, I like that. That's beautiful. Is that part of Wicca? Or I witchcraft? think
1: it's part of Wicca. Okay. But don't quote me on that. Oh, you know. Yeah. I was doing Don't quote us
0: on anything on this shit. You guys know that already.
1: I was doing a lot of research, but the more research I did, the more confused I became because everyone has their own thing to say.
0: That's truly it. I've, more than anything, I found personal blogs of witches of like, here's a ritual you can try that helped for me. Or like, mm-hmm. here's a water ritual or here's this. And it's all like personal things. There's not really like a common popular spell or a common popular mm-hmm. um practice there, there there's ones that touch on kind of the same thing the water the water ritual kept coming back of like cleansing yourself and then doing some sort of um candles or vigil were, were big in terms of rituals but a lot of it is yeah a lot of it is like they call it memorial ceremonies and then they never exactly tell you how to do it i think it's really yeah. personal
1: it's very personal. And I remember I went to a local shop, a uh, witch adjacent shop, when a friend of mine in Winnipeg uh, passed away a couple of years ago. And I was like, what do I do to honor this person? And they sold me like a some incense and a crystal. And they told me just really like, think about her and hold the crystal and put all your thoughts for her into the crystal. And I was like, Okay, but I mm-hmm. was really looking for something prescriptive, and I did do it, and it was nice. Yeah. But it really sounds like you should find the things that meant a lot to this person. I saw a really great TED talk. I forget the woman's name, Elaine something, Elaine Mansfield. Ooh. Uh, if you right she does a really good talk about grief, uh, a really good TED talk about grief, and she talks about how she said ritual. The way that anthropologists know that they've found a new society is they is they find their rituals. If a society... If, if people have ritual, they're a society.
0: That's so interesting. Oh, my God. Religion is like... Ugh. No wonder people study it for their whole fucking lives. Like, right? It's, it's so indicative of our time and place.
1: And it's just inherent. Like, we look for it. And even if like uh, this woman she said she was in this grief group and this woman was a, was like oh i don't really do any rituals but she was like but i have a picture of my husband by my bed and i put flowers by it and the other day i put his cell phone there and that made me feel good that's a ritual and it's like that's a ritual <laughs> that's a ritual so even if you're an atheist you probably have a talisman, something that reminds you of someone you love,
0: or you've probably visited a grave.
1: Yeah, you—that's
0: the act of visiting a grave, that person's dead. Yeah, if you, if you truly believed, I mean, that's—I that's, didn't mean that to be accusatory. Of like, if you really were an atheist, <laughs> like, fucking who who gives a shit? Everyone do what they should. But do But if to it make really
1: didn't matter, then there's you some wouldn't... sort
0: of cathartic practice of of ritual for the living to process death. Yeah, and I think that's. There, there doesn't have to be an inherent belief in a higher power to understand that. No,
1: and it would only make sense. Like I, uh, I brought home a picture of my mom and I put it next to a picture of my grandma, and that would only make sense. It wasn't uh, like I'm that's being beautiful. Yeah, I have, I have it in my room, a little little shriney thing set up with the crystal the, that I bought for that friend as well. Mm. So I try and keep, try and keep all the. Uh, Is that lo- your
0: shrine that I saw on Instagram?
1: Uh no that's a that's a different shrine. Melanie uh,
0: has multiple shrines. I have that's awesome.
1: I have three mini altars. That's
0: beautiful. Yes. I want, I want to make one. I truly do, but I just keep getting intimidated.
1: I always say I don't have altars, and then I'm like, well, there's a, uh, there's a thing. there this this collection of items is very much an altar. So um, yes. So anything. So it's basically oh yes, and this woman mm-hmm. Elaine Mansfield, she with her husband. She said uh, that they. Apparently, you can be there before your loved one gets cremated, and I was offered that uh, in Winnipeg for my mom, and I was like, um, "No,
0: yeah, absolutely not."
1: Yeah, I was like, "No, thank you," and I was like, "Why would anyone?" But this woman was there with her two sons, and she said, in the cremation box, they, um, her son put hawk feathers behind her husband's ears, Aww. and they put coffee grinds and they put a type of pasta he liked and they were like that doesn't he doesn't care but that's our way of honoring the things that yeah who he was so
0: so do this is kind of you know what no this is all morbid be fine with it um (laughs) so do they put that in the box to be cremated with him
1: yeah okay and I'm like all right so you so when I'm you're kinda present into that yeah once I, I heard like that. that I was like oh I would have so been down to go to my mom's cremation if I knew that oh I can put something in the box
0: true I I will say this um my father usually this is a big no-no in Judaism to see the body once it's deceased oh, okay um, it is it is big in Judaism that somebody once a body is deceased someone has to stay with the body at all times until it is in the ground.
1: Oh. So
0: usually Jewish funeral homes will have somebody on site who is it is their designated job to be with the body until it is in the ground. Oh wow. Yeah, it's really interesting. But um it's a big no no for like the family to see the body. But for some reason when my grandfather died on my father's side, for some reason the 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 guy asked my father if he wanted to see his dad yeah. in the casket and my dad's like okay i guess and he walking watching him walk out he was like that was one of the biggest regrets of my life i yes. wish i did not see that i wish i never saw that and i never i hate that i have that image in my head of him
1: yes i okay two two experiences with death with seeing dead bodies mm-hmm. um I was, so I was in the room with, uh, when you take someone off life support, luckily I already knew this because it happens in Tignataro's TV show, One Mississippi, which is very good.
0: Oh my God. If we did not have an entire podcast to talk about One Mississippi, that is one of my favorite shows it's that so is way good. too short-lived, but it's amazing. Amazing. Please look up One Mississippi. It's unreal. Keep And going.
1: something I wouldn't have known if I hadn't seen that is when you take someone off life support, it sounds like you sh- should know this, it's common sense, but you basically are like, Okay, now we're just gonna watch you die, like, um,
0: and because her mother died, yeah, and she's like,
1: she's like, I kind of feel like I'm just.
0: Watching her die. And
1: the nurse is like, yeah, that's... That's what this what? is. And you always think, pull the plug, lights out, the end. Exactly. Nope. But it's like, no, we got to let this body die.
0: Yeah. And
1: so and I...
0: And it takes time. Oh,
1: it takes a while.
0: Which is upsetting to it's, the people who are involved. It's
1: very upsetting. <laughs> yeah. And I... um So I got there and um, she was not present mentally, but she was kind of like gasping for breath in oh. this very like kind of way. Uh, But then uh, so I was like uh, I call somebody and I like left the room for a bit and then I came back and then her breath was more shallow and I was getting toward the end and then because her body was relaxed I could see her face and I was like that's her. And that was important Mm. because it didn't look like her when she was gasping for air and like having tubes in her mouth and all these things and I was like I don't know if I, like, believe you. You know, like, that oh, thing kicks in your head yeah, where you're like... like,
0: I don't know about this. And you're like,
1: that's not her, though. Yeah. So
0: It's so strange the way our brain does yeah. that.
1: Yeah. So the moment when I saw her peaceful, shallow breath and she was dying and then she was dead, I was like, that's her. That's what's happening. And that was very important to me. But...
0: Because it grounded it in, in reality.
1: Yeah. Otherwise, I would have been just, like, in Toronto, like, what who's that now? Per- who's
0: that person that died? Yeah.
1: yeah. So... I was glad I was there, but then with my grandma years earlier, mm-hmm. she she died. I I knew she was dead. I had visited her when she was dying, and they were like, "Do you want to? Do you want to see her?" And like she was already dead, and I was like, no. "I guess like very <laughs> similar to your dad." <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, "What? Why? Why did I do
0: this? It's exactly that because it's
1: someone who's dead and been dead for a little bit." Oh. And looking at that, it's just like... It's so scary. It's so strange because it's like, that is them, but it's so not them. And I wouldn't... Yeah, looking at a body that's been dead, Mm. as opposed to, okay, I'm here, and you're dying, and it's done, and okay, I'm at peace with that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's such a... But then I was so happy for this woman that she had this ritual with her sons, Of honoring all the things that made this guy who he was.
0: Right. Then, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think maybe there's a place for both. I think maybe it's different when you're going into a space being like, we're about to see him in his human body for the last time. Mm -hmm. We're going to put things in that. We are prepared for what that's going to look like, what he's going to look like. We're going to, like, we have this action of putting something in there. And that ha- that is a ritual in and of itself, and there's finality there. Mm-hmm. There seems some there seems like the opposite of finality when you're like, okay, this person's dead. I my brain is going to process that in the right way, and then it's almost like you walk in on the dead body. Yeah, it's it feels like you're walking in on something. You're like, it feels like you've peered behind a curtain at at uh, some sort of theme park of like, oh no, the mechanics. And yeah, like, need to exactly. That's a very it's good analogy it's for some, it. Yeah, it's something very um, bizarre that I'm. I don't know, maybe for someone it is, it does provide closure, but for me it it would provide just more bizarre, um, sharp questions and feelings that I don't like.
1: Yeah, because you've kind of already made peace with it, and then you're like, oh wait, there they are, but that's not them. But that's not them, they're not there. Yeah.
0: That's, we are all shells. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) yeah. Oh god.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and then you start thinking about your own... Mortality. Yeah, your own mortality. And, uh... What I will say, there are moments uh, that are very beautiful when when someone dies who meant a lot to you. You really take stock of your own life and think about, what do things mean to me? What do I want my life to look like? And it's a very transformative time of making decisions because you go, okay... I'm going to die, Yep. so I want to enjoy this life as much as I can. Um, totally. So there's, there's a nice moment. I'm trying to think if I found anything else witchy.
0: Yeah, back to witchcraft. Um,
1: Molly Roberts, uh, she had a YouTube video that I really liked. She's a witch, and she has a blog. Um, and she just talked about acknowledging that this takes time um you can't release things that you're not ready to let go of and that parting part of letting go is grief and pain and that something we something we have trouble with with ritual is she says well if 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 i'm doing this ritual and it's working then i can't then it can't possibly hurt and she's like well no you're going to feel hurt you're going to feel pain and uh she talks about the pitfalls of positive thinking because Ooh. Um
0: the pitfalls he, of positive thinking, huh?
1: Cuz she's like if you stub your toe, you can't be like, "Well, this is great." Like, <laughs> true. You kind of yeah. just have to feel what it is. Right. And she's like pain is important in acknowledging pain and grief and the unpleasantness is important and sometimes people do letting go rituals just to jump to the good stuff and you you have to move through the pain.
0: Mm. That's so interesting. Um and I think that's true. And you know what? I, I totally forgot about this. In one of these, um, I went on medium.com, uh-huh. and apparently I'm a member there now, so woohoo. Um, and in this, basically they're talking about tarot, and this woman who um, pulled this card of um, the seven of vessels is okay. a card of mourning okay. in tarot. And then she kind of started questioning, okay, well, what is mourning? What do I have to mourn? What does it look like to mourn in, in this world of rituals and then there's apparently she found that there is research i'm gonna on psychology today yeah legit website okay that um psychology today did research that suggests that people who have private rituals who have rituals like we just talked about Mm -hmm. surrounding death um and loss cope better than those who don't
1: I would imagine so, yeah. I would
0: definitely imagine so. I think that makes a lot of sense. And then she goes on to talk about shivas, Mm -hmm. which is Judaism. It's a ritualized mourning where loved ones sit in contemplation of their deceased. Um, And it's seven days, and Jews do that um, the day after. But, um, and, oh, this is interesting. I didn't know this. Catholics dedicate different colors to mourning, like black, white, and purple.
1: Oh, I didn't know that, and I was raised Catholic.
0: (laughs) How dare you? (laughs) Anyways, but, um, Yeah. And so it's, it's funny that death is so prevalent in tarot. It's so prevalent in witchcraft. And the, the deceased are so part of a conversation in witchcraft. I think in most of what I've seen, even if there's no specific, like, here's a ritual that you do for mourning. Mm-hmm. If it's not that, witches and witchcraft seem to be very open and not um, side-eyed about death. Mm -hmm. they talk very openly about death everything is in all these articles of like here's a ritual I do or here's a spell that I like to cast in all of these situations all the things around it are cool well you can also um, talk to the dead if you need to Um, if you don't that's cool Um, how do they die let's look at that for a minute like they're very they're not very like hush hush about it which I think I really like
1: yeah I like that it's about honoring the dead yes I I think it's it's really important to acknowledge how common death is mm-hmm. and yeah not discredit grief or anything like that but I do appreciate yes everything I've read with witchcraft is very like um yeah head on about death.
0: Yep, you know what I'm also realizing why we can't find things that are specific mm. cuz the things that are specific are in Wicca
1: that's uh, an organized
0: religion. Yes, fair. Witchcraft, because it is a spiritual practice, will have less spe- specificities. Yes. The, the instructions are going to be in a religion, which is Wicca.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, like I said, I grew up with instruction and I rebel against instruction, mm-hmm. but I crave it all the same. And uh, I think human. if we're going to, uh, to wrap up on anything, I'll say that... Uh, okay, well, I don't remember what I was going to say, but I can also say this... I had I did a tarot reading for myself uh, before any of this happened where I think my mom was maybe a little bit not feeling herself, but I wasn't worried about her. And I did a reading for myself that was, um, I want to write this one person show and I want to do this and where should I be putting my priorities? And I got so many th- death cards in that reading that I did what? for myself. Yeah. I got death, the big one. Oh, and I got I, yeah, I've that one. And I got uh, the ten of swords, which is, like, the guy laying and yeah. there's, like, swords in him and he's all murdered. Uh, I got that and I got a bunch of real dark cards. And I was like, woof, something significant is gonna get in the way of me writing all this stuff and doing all this stuff. I'm How gonna... How long ago was that? Uh, it was maybe, like, a... Mm, a month and a half before.
0: Fucking shit.
1: Yeah. So, I did this and I posted on my Instagram story and some and I was like, "Yeesh," cuz I thought it just meant something big's going to happen, like we're going to get kicked out of our apartment or something, you know. Um and uh so many people were very quick to be like, actually, the death card isn't that bad. It's actually this. It's actually
0: this. I've heard that so many times. Yeah.
1: And it's like, yes, it's true that sometimes the death card can mean rebirth and sometimes it can mean really beautiful things. But let's acknowledge that sometimes tarot readings are dark. And there's, it's never all the way like, oh my God. No,
0: mine last night was very dark.
1: Yeah. It's sometimes it's like, and this reading, uh, I knew was not fluffy rainbow rebirth I knew these dark cards were coming up for a reason and I I, I honor anyone who's like oh I want to I want you not to be scared by this I'm gonna tell you that these can be good cards but we also have to acknowledge that they can be dark cards and that darkness isn't the worst thing and the cards were basically telling me like hey you're going to have to take a breather for a bit because something big's going to happen. And that's going to overshadow all these creative things you want to work on right now. And that did happen. And wow. I think it's important in witchcraft. Not every ritual has to be this beautiful, positive thing. And I think what if anything's helped me, it's been acknowledging darkness and not. I was able to find light and laughter so much quicker because I wasn't trying to mask darkness with it, mm-hmm. if that makes sense.
0: Of course it doesn't. I think, like, bringing that all around to home, that's what we've always said we like about witchcraft. That it doesn't, it's a practice that is inherently rooted in not ignoring the negatives along with the positives.
1: hmm Absolutely.
0: I, I, I like it. It's, it's... I think we would all do a lot better if we embraced the darkness a little bit.
1: Yeah, the your shadow self, your mm-hmm. this this things about you that you want to work on because yeah. if you don't acknowledge those things you're and not like going to do things anything. about you. Yeah, learn. like your own darkness. Yeah, we talked about that one time with uh I can't remember what episode it was, but that I think it's during the new moon you can go what is my, what are my dark aspects of my personality yeah, do for me? Yeah, I remember that. Because it's like, okay, maybe you have issue with listening, but that also means you're assertive and you know to ask for what you want because you're putting yourself out there. Right. Right? So it's like, okay, maybe you want to work on receiving, but giving, you've got that down. So great.
0: Oh, that's Awesome. Well, uh, this well, has been amazing. I'm so happy we did this. I'm and very happy Melanie, we did this thank too. Thank you for talking about this because yeah. I'm so I think our listeners are going to really appreciate you opening up about this aspect of what happened and this this awesome conversation we've had about death.
1: Yes. I uh, I'm glad to have had an opportunity to talk about it because I like I said sometimes <laughs> I've I've appreciated everything everyone's said, but people's view on death is not always my view on death. So I've appreciated being able to share mine and hopefully someone out there is like, Yeah, that's that's what I have been missing.
0: Yeah. Let's do <laughs> it. Rock it. Talk about death. All talk right. about it with your coven, talk about it with your friends.
1: Okay. Everyone go and talk about death with someone you love. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>